Today on CityCast Pennsylvania. Okay, actually, this is CityCast Philly, but with a twist. I'm joined by CityCast Pittsburgh host Morgan Moody. Hey, Trine. Welcome to the CityCast Network. We're very excited to have a Philly show. Join the family. Thanks, Morgan. So I know on both sides of the state, we've been hearing a lot of buzz about this marijuana pardon project that Governor Tom Wolf just rolled out. Right. Essentially, it's a way for Pennsylvanians to get pardoned for low-level cannabis offenses, meaning the possession of 30 grams or less of pot. But it turns out there's some fine print here that might need more explaining. So Morgan and I called up an expert on statewide cannabis policy and reform. It's Tuesday, September 13th, 2022. I'm Trinae Nuri, and this is CityCast Philly. Patrick Nightingale, you're a criminal defense attorney who's worked on cannabis cases for years, and you also are the executive director of the Pittsburgh chapter of Normal, which is the national organization for the reform of marijuana laws. Can you break this pardon project down for us? What actually does this do? The Marijuana Pardon Project is what I am starting to call the expedited pardon process on steroids. Mm -hmm. It is designed to expedite pardons for individuals who are convicted of possession of a small amount of marijuana. So any individual who's convicted of possession of a small amount of marijuana and a small amount of marijuana only, no other offense, not even a paraphernalia offense, that individual can apply to the Board of Pardons to have a very expedited review of their criminal history and receive a pardon uh, within hopefully about 30 or 45 days. Right. Are there going to be a lot of people who are going to be pardoned for this minor nonviolent, you know, cannabis conviction? Yeah, that's uh, that's the question mark, because in my experience, clients that I have uh, represented who have been charged with possession of a small amount of marijuana are often or almost always also charged with possession of paraphernalia. Mm-hmm. And that could be uh, the rolling papers or the blunt wrapper or the, the bowl or bong that has uh, you know some char on it showing that it had been used to consume. And it can even be the plastic baggie that the marijuana is packaged in. So I think that trying to put uh, a, a finger on the number of people who might be eligible for this is elusive. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do know that you know even you know with uh, reform in Pittsburgh and in Philadelphia, and even with our medical marijuana program, we still have fourteen, fifteen thousand uh, Pennsylvanians being charged every year with a cannabis-related uh, possession offense. But again, that the issue comes down to, is it a cannabis, a small amount only offense, or is there a paraphernalia offense that's tacked on with it? Can I ask, basically, it sounds like to take advantage of this pardon, you almost have to have been found with like what loose cannabis um, on you. You haven't bought the papers to smoke it. You haven't bought anything. Like it, it seems like such a very, a very specific instance. 
Well, you know, you would hope that you know, uh, police and prosecutors would not want to try to jam people up by you know, adding superfluous charges like uh, paraphernalia for the packaging that the uh, that the cannabis is in. But about the only way to avoid that would be as if you had the flower material in your hand <laughs> and it weighed less than uh, 30 grams and there was absolutely nothing in your possession that would allow you to either package it, uh, consume it transport it or so on and so forth. So it is paraphernalia under Pennsylvania law is so broadly defined that just about anything can be construed as paraphernalia. So uh, I think that a lot of people who may otherwise believe that they're eligible for this will see that unfortunately they've got a paraphernalia conviction that knocks them out of the running. Uh, or a DUI or anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, the only people who are eligible is for a standalone conviction of possession of a small amount. So, Patrick, our audience represents both Philly and Pittsburgh. Can you tell us where we're at in each of those cities when it comes to the cannabis laws and regulations? Well, you know, Philadelphia led the way in Pennsylvania by decriminalizing possession of small amounts in 2014. And by and large in Philadelphia, and I think it's the numbers are 80% or higher, any individual caught with a small amount of marijuana is being cited under Philly's uh, civil ordinance and not being uh, charged with a misdemeanor level offense. So anyone in Philadelphia charged with the decriminalization ordinance is not eligible for this, nor do they need it because it is not a criminal offense. Okay. Uh, here in Pittsburgh, uh, we were able to convince our city council to follow Philadelphia's lead, and we have decriminalized uh, possession of small amounts of marijuana. But the difference here in Allegheny County as a whole is that we never uh, prosecute a standalone small amount of marijuana case to conviction, Mm. at least since I was a uh, a young prosecutor in 1996. We always reduce a small amount of marijuana charge and the corresponding paraphernalia charge if that is also part of the criminal complaint to a non-traffic summary disorderly conduct. So ironically, the two largest population sections of uh, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, greater Pittsburgh, Allegheny County, the people have probably not been saddled with a small amount uh, conviction standing alone. Now, in Philadelphia, prior to 2014, I know that there was more aggressive charging for uh, possession of a small amount. So that may still be something that Philadelphia residents are eligible to take advantage of. However, in the majority of counties in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, outside of Allegheny and outside of Philadelphia County, may very well be able to take advantage of this. Well, if people want to try this for pardon, how do they go about doing that? Is it just a form, basically, that somebody has to fill out? Uh, go to uh, the website, you know, pa.gov, and there's an announcement on that website or Google Pennsylvania Board of Pardons, and there'll be instructions on how to uh, submit a request for it to be reviewed. Mm-hmm. It's designed to be as quick and easy as possible, so there is no lengthy application process. You most certainly don't need an attorney uh, to assist you with this. Uh, you do not need to submit any paperwork, but uh, it is front and center on the Pennsylvania Board of Pardons website right now. 
Here's something that uh, uh, your listening audience may want to keep in mind. Pennsylvania has a clean slate and limited access law, which shields from public disclosure certain minor criminal convictions that are more than 10 years old. Mm -hmm. And possession of a small amount would fall into that category. So someone may be asking themselves, you know, I did get in trouble about 15 years ago, and I I can't remember what happened. I'm going to look up my record on the administrative office of Pennsylvania Court's website, and they see nothing comes up. That doesn't mean that that charge has been expunged or that a pardon has been granted. It merely means that they don't have Mm -hmm. access uh, to the conviction because it's more than 10 years old and it was a minor misdemeanor offense. Go ahead and contact uh, the Board of Pardons anyway, because as as a governmental agency, they have access to Mm -hmm. that information, even though you, as a member of the public, have it shielded pursuant to the clean slate and limited access laws. So, Patrick, I'm curious. So people who are going to go through this process, how is this going to impact their daily lives? Well, uh, like I said, a misdemeanor conviction is something that will always be available to government agencies. So if you're seeking professional licensure, for example, or seeking uh, public housing in federally subsidized public housing, uh, if you're seeking uh, federally subsidized student loans, if you're looking for some type of position that requires a security clearance, if you want to go into the military, things like that. So uh, even though a conviction that's more than 10 years old would not be publicly available, it is still available to those governmental agencies. A conviction that is more recent than 10 years is on the public docket. So if uh, someone is able to get this pardon, do it. Now, something to keep in mind is this is one of two steps. If you receive a pardon, you must still then petition to expunge your record to have the charge completely removed from your record. Is as part of this pardon, are they doing anything to help people with the like financially or provide any information for people to to get it expunged once they are pardoned? No, no, they're not. Any cost for that expungement falls uh, solely on the individual. Why would Governor Tom Wolf and Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman do this now? Like the timing kind of seems convenient. Do you think this is like a political ploy? I I don't want to call it a political ploy, though I'm sure that uh, the lieutenant governor's opponents are saying, oh, this is just, you know, time to give him a, a bump because, you know, The lieutenant governor has already made it perfectly clear that he is very supportive of of cannabis reform. He's very supportive of legalization. So I don't know that this is uh, something that's going to draw more cannabis-friendly voters to Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman. If you don't know his position on cannabis by now, uh, uh, I don't know what to say. I mean, he's been about uh, as open and clear as he possibly can be. Mm -hmm. The timing, you know, obviously is subject to uh, you know, some political uh, uh, criticism. But I think the timing was also something that the governor and the lieutenant governor wanted to do before Governor Wolf's term ends. This is designed to be very quick. Uh, it is designed to grant immediate relief, whereas the expedited pardon process that the lieutenant governor put in uh, place for all other marijuana-related crimes, uh, simple possession, possession of marijuana paraphernalia, even uh, manufacturing, growing uh, marijuana, or possession with intent to deliver, Mm -hmm. those can all be subject to the expedited pardon process. But that process can take a number of months and will obviously bleed over into the next administration. So I think that this is 
kind of a common sense approach by the uh, governor's office to say, what can we do now to get as many pardons uh, processed as simply as possible? Right. Let's limit it to uh, an A31, because as soon as you look at that docket sheet, you know whether or not the person's eligible. They don't have to send us uh, their complaint. They don't have to send us the criminal information, as would otherwise be required, even under the expedited pardon process. But this is a short window that people have to apply for this program, though. It is a very short window. The window closes on uh, September 30th, which is why it's imperative to get the word out as much as possible. It just would have been nice to maybe have 30 days advance notice instead of uh, you know receiving notice on the day that the program started and then trying to tell people, listen, you only got 30 days to do this. Patrick, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Patrick. Yes. Trené and Morgan, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, joining you on uh, this podcast, and I look forward to being at your disposal if you need anything else marijuana related. Thank you so very much for having me. And remember, you still have until September 30th to apply for this pardon program. We'll drop a link to the website in our show notes. Well, Morgan, this was fun. Yeah, it was. I'm so glad to work with the other CityCast team from Pennsylvania. Same. But... Girl, just don't talk to me on October 30th when Steelers come into town to play the Eagles. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, I still remember when Eagles fans booed Santa Claus. That's that's the grittiness of us. <laughs> <laughs> we will welcome you into our city for the most part. A little okay. it, we'll, we're a little rough, but not that rough. We don't boo Santa. <laughs> and here's what else Philly's talking about starting October 1st. All Pennsylvania students can get free breakfast, regardless of household income. Schools that participate in the national school lunch and school breakfast programs are eligible. The state's universal free breakfast program will last through the end of the school year. Finally, City Council will return to weekly in-person meetings starting September 22nd. Committees, though, will still be virtual. Oh, I hear that music. That means that's all for today here on CityCast Philly. If you enjoyed the show, rate it, leave a review, and subscribe. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Sign up for our morning newsletter, Hey Philly. We'll be back Thursday morning with more news from around the city. Bye. Today on CityCast, am I waiting till CityCast, Pennsylvania? Hello. <laughs> Wait.